Section 7 of Gorgias by Plato Translated by Benjamin Jowett This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Johnson Socrates, tell me then, when do you say that they are good, and when that they are evil? What principle do you lay down? Paulus, I would rather, Socrates, that you should answer as well as ask that question. Socrates, well, Paulus, since you would rather have the answer from me, I say that they are good when they are just, and evil when they are unjust. Paulus, you are hard of refutation, Socrates, but might not a child refute that statement? Socrates, then I shall be very grateful to the child, and equally grateful to you if you will refute me and deliver me from my foolishness, and I hope that refute me you will, and not weary of doing good to a friend. Paulus, yes, Socrates and I need not go far or appeal to antiquity. Events which happened only a few days ago are enough to refute you, and to prove that many men who do wrong are happy. Socrates, what events? Paulus, you see, I presume, that Archelaus, the son of Perdiccas, is now the ruler of Macedonia. Socrates, at any rate, I hear that he is. Paulus, and do you think that he is happy or miserable? Socrates, I cannot say, Paulus, for I have never had any acquaintance with him. Paulus, and cannot you tell at once, and without having an acquaintance with him, whether a man is happy? Socrates, most certainly not. Paulus, then clearly, Socrates, you would say that you did not even know whether the great king was a happy man. Socrates, and I should speak the truth, for I do not know how he stands in the matter of education and justice. Paulus, what? And does all happiness consist in this? Socrates, yes indeed, Paulus, that is my doctrine. The men and women who are gentle and good are also happy as I maintain, and the unjust and evil are miserable. Paulus, then, according to your doctrine, the said Archelaus is miserable. Socrates, yes, my friend, if he is wicked. Paulus, that he is wicked I cannot deny, for he had no title at all to the throne which he now occupies, he being only the son of a woman who was the slave of Alcatas, the brother of Perdiccas. He himself, therefore, in strict right, was the slave of Alcatas, and if he had meant to do rightly, he would have remained his slave, and then, according to your doctrine, he would have been happy. But now he is unspeakably miserable, for he has been guilty of the greatest crimes. In the first place, he invited his uncle and master, Alcatas, to come to him, under the pretense that he would restore to him the throne which Perdiccas has usurped. And after entertaining him and his son Alexander, who was his own cousin, and nearly of an age with him, 
and making them drunk, he threw them into a wagon and carried them off by night, and slew them, and got both of them out of the way. And when he had done all this wickedness, he never discovered that he was the most miserable of all men, and was very far from repenting. Shall I tell you how he showed his remorse? He had a younger brother, a child of seven years old, who was the legitimate son of Perdiccas, and to him of right the kingdom belonged. Archelaus, however, had no mind to bring him up as he ought and restore the kingdom to him. That was not his notion of happiness. But not long afterwards he threw him into a well and drowned him, and declared to his mother, Cleopatra, that he had fallen in while running after a goose and had been killed. And now, as he is the greatest criminal of all the Macedonians, he may be supposed to be the most miserable and not the happiest of them. And I dare say that there are many Athenians, and you would be at the head of them, who would rather be any other Macedonian than Archelaus. Socrates, I praised you at first, Paulus, for being a rhetorician rather than a reasoner. And this, as I suppose, is the sort of argument with which you fancy that a child might refute me, and by which I stand refuted when I say that the unjust man is not happy. But, my good friend, where is the refutation? I cannot admit a word which you have been saying. Paulus, that is because you will not, for you surely must think as I do. Socrates, not so, my simple friend, but because you will refute me after the manner which rhetoricians practice in courts of law. For there the one party think that they refute the other when they bring forward a number of witnesses of good repute in proof of their allegations, and their adversary has only a single one or none at all. But this kind of proof is of no value where truth is the aim. A man may often be sworn down by a multitude of false witnesses who have a great air of respectability. And in this argument nearly every one, Athenian and stranger alike, would be on your side if you should bring witnesses in disproof of my statement. You may, if you will, summon Nicias, the son of Nicaratus, and let his brothers, who give the row of tripods which stand in the precincts of Dionysus, come with him. Or you may summon Aristocrates, the son of Scellius, who is the giver of that famous offering which is at Delphi. Summon, if you will, the whole house of Pericles, or any other great Athenian family whom you choose. They will all agree with you. I only am left alone and cannot agree. For you do not convince me, although you produce many false witnesses against me, in the hope of depriving me of my inheritance, which is the truth. But I consider that nothing worth speaking of will have been effected by me, unless I make you the one witness of my words, nor by you, unless you make me the one witness of yours, no matter about the rest of the world, for there are two ways of refutation, one which is yours, and that of the world in general, but mine is of another sort. Let us compare them, and see in what they differ, 
for indeed we are at issue about matters which to know is honourable and not to know disgraceful to know or not to know happiness and misery that is the chief of them and what knowledge can be nobler or what ignorance more disgraceful than this and therefore i will begin by asking you whether you do not think that a man who is unjust and doing injustice can be happy seeing that you think archelaus unjust and yet happy may i assume this to be your opinion polus certainly socrates but i say that this is an impossibility here is one point about which we are at issue very good and do you mean to say also that if he meets with retribution and punishment he will still be happy polus certainly not in that case he will be most miserable socrates on the other hand if the unjust be not punished then according to you he will be happy polus yes socrates but in my opinion polus the unjust or doer of unjust actions is miserable in any case more miserable however if he be not punished and does not meet with retribution and less miserable if he be punished and meets with retribution at the hands of gods and men polus you are maintaining a strange doctrine socrates socrates i shall try to make you agree with me o my friend for as a friend i regard you then these are the points at issue between us are they not i was saying that to do is worse than to suffer injustice polus exactly so socrates and you said the opposite polus yes socrates i said also that the wicked are miserable and you refuted me polus by zeus i did socrates in your own opinion polus polus yes and i rather suspect that i was in the right socrates you further said that the wrongdoer is happy if he be unpunished polus certainly socrates and i affirm that he is most miserable and that those who are punished are less miserable are you going to refute this proposition also polus a proposition which is harder a refutation than the other socrates socrates say rather polus impossible for who can refute the truth polus what do you mean if a man is detected in an unjust attempt to make himself a tyrant and when detected is racked mutilated has his eyes burned out and after having had all sorts of great injuries inflicted on him and having seen his wife and children suffer the like is at last impaled or tarred and burned alive will he be happier than if he escape and become a tyrant and continue all through life doing what he likes and holding the reins of government the envy and admiration both of citizens and strangers is that the paradox which as you say cannot be refuted socrates there again noble polus you are raising hobgoblins instead of refuting me just now you were calling witnesses against me 
but please to refresh my memory a little did you say in an unjust attempt to make himself a tyrant polus yes i did socrates then i say that neither of them will be happier than the other neither he who unjustly acquires a tyranny nor he who suffers in the attempt for of two miserables one cannot be the happier but that he who escapes and becomes a tyrant is the more miserable of the two do you laugh polus well this is a new kind of refutation when any one says anything instead of refuting him to laugh at him polus but do you not think socrates that you have been sufficiently refuted when you say that which no human being will allow ask the company socrates o polus i am not a public man and only last year when my tribe were serving as britannes and it became my duty as their president to take the votes there was a laugh at me because i was unable to take them and as i failed then you must not ask me to count the suffrages of the company now but if as i was saying you have no better argument than numbers let me have a turn and do you make trial of the sort of proof which as i think is required for i shall produce one witness only of the truth of my words and he is the person with whom i am arguing his suffrage i know how to take but with the many i have nothing to do and do not even address myself to them may i ask then whether you will answer in turn and have your words put to the proof for i certainly think that i and you and every man do really believe that to do is a greater evil than to suffer injustice and not to be punished than to be punished polus and i should say neither i nor any man would you yourself for example suffer rather than do injustice socrates yes and you too i or any man would polus quite the reverse neither you nor i nor any man socrates but will you answer polus to be sure i will for i am curious to hear what you can have to say socrates tell me then and you will know and let us suppose that i am beginning at the beginning which of the two polus in your opinion is the worst to do injustice or to suffer polus i should say that suffering was worst socrates and which is the greater disgrace answer polus to do socrates and the greater disgrace is the greater evil polus certainly not socrates i understand you to say if i am not mistaken that the honourable is not the same as the good or the disgraceful as the evil polus certainly not socrates let me ask a question of you when you speak of beautiful things such as bodies colours figures sounds institutions do you not call them beautiful in reference to some standard bodies for example are beautiful in proportion as they are useful 
or as the sight of them gives pleasure to the spectators can you give any other account of personal beauty polus i cannot socrates and you would say of figures or colours generally that they were beautiful either by reason of the pleasure which they give or of their use or of both polus yes i should socrates and you would call sounds and music beautiful for the same reason polus i should socrates laws and institutions also have no beauty in them except in so far as they are useful or pleasant or both polus i think not socrates and may not the same be said of the beauty of knowledge polus to be sure socrates and i very much approve of your measuring beauty by the standard of pleasure and utility socrates and deformity or disgrace may be equally measured by the opposite standard of pain and evil polus certainly socrates then when of two beautiful things one exceeds in beauty the measure of the excess is to be taken in one or both of these that is to say in pleasure or utility or both polus very true socrates and of two deformed things that which exceeds in deformity or disgrace exceeds either in pain or evil must it not be so polus yes socrates but then again what was the observation which you just now made about doing and suffering wrong did you not say that suffering wrong was more evil and doing wrong more disgraceful polus i did socrates then if doing wrong is more disgraceful than suffering the more disgraceful must be more painful and must exceed in pain or in evil or both does not that also follow polus of course socrates first then let us consider whether the doing of injustice exceeds the suffering in the consequent pain do the injurers suffer more than the injured polus no socrates certainly not socrates then they do not exceed in pain polus no socrates but if not in pain then not in both polus certainly not socrates then they can only exceed in the other polus yes socrates that is to say in evil polus true socrates then doing injustice will have an excess of evil and will therefore be a greater evil than suffering injustice polus clearly socrates but have not you and the world already agreed that to do injustice is more disgraceful than to suffer polus yes socrates and that is now discovered to be more evil polus true socrates and would you prefer a greater evil or a greater dishonour to a less one answer polus and fear not for you will come to no harm if you nobly resign yourself into the healing hand of the argument as to a physician without shrinking and either say yes or no to me polus i should say no socrates would any other man prefer a greater 
to a less evil polis no not according to this way of putting the case socrates socrates then i said truly polis that neither you nor i nor any man would rather do than suffer injustice for to do injustice is the greater evil of the two polis that is the conclusion socrates you see polis when you compare the two kinds of refutations how unlike they are all men with the exception of myself are of your way of thinking but your single assent and witness are enough for me i have no need of any other i take your suffrage and am regardless of the rest enough of this and now let us proceed to the next question which is whether the greatest of evils to a guilty man is to suffer punishment as you supposed or whether to escape punishment is not a greater evil as i supposed consider you would say that to suffer punishment is another name for being justly corrected when you do wrong polis i should socrates and would you not allow that all just things are honourable in so far as they are just please to reflect and tell me your opinion polis yes socrates i think that they are socrates consider again where there is an agent must there not also be a patient polis i should say so socrates and will not the patient suffer that which the agent does and will not the suffering have the quality of the action i mean for example that if a man strikes there must be something which is stricken polis yes socrates and if the striker strikes violently or quickly that which is struck will be struck violently or quickly polis true socrates and the suffering to him who is stricken is of the same nature as the act of him who strikes polis yes socrates and if a man burns there is something which is burned polis certainly socrates and if he burns in excess or so as to cause pain the thing burned will be burned in the same way polis truly socrates and if he cuts the same argument holds there will be something cut polis yes socrates and if the cutting be great or deep or such as will cause pain the cut will be of the same nature polis that is evident socrates then you would agree generally to the universal proposition which i was just now asserting that the affection of the patient answers to the affection of the agent polis i agree socrates then as this is admitted let me ask whether being punished is suffering or acting polis suffering socrates there can be no doubt of that socrates and suffering implies an agent polis certainly socrates and he is the punisher socrates and he who punishes rightly punishes justly polis yes socrates and therefore he acts justly polis justly socrates then he who is punished and suffers retribution suffers justly polis that is evident socrates and that which is just has been admitted to be honourable polis 
certainly. Socrates, then the punisher does what is honourable, and the punished suffers what is honourable. Polus, true. Socrates, and if what is honourable, then what is good? For the honourable is either pleasant or useful. Polus, certainly. Socrates, then he who is punished suffers what is good. Polus, that is true. Socrates, then he is benefited? Polus, yes. Socrates, do I understand you to mean what I mean by the term benefited? I mean that if he be justly punished, his soul is improved. Polus, surely. Socrates, then he who is punished is delivered from the evil of his soul. Polus, yes. Socrates, and is he not then delivered from the greatest evil? Look at the matter in this way. In respect of a man's estate, do you see any greater evil than poverty? Polus, there is no greater evil. Socrates, again, in a man's bodily frame, you would say that the evil is weakness and disease and deformity. Polus, I should. Socrates, and do you not imagine that the soul likewise has some evil of her own? Polus, of course. Socrates, and this you would call injustice and ignorance and cowardice and the like. Polus, certainly. Socrates, so then in mind, body, and estate, which are three, you have pointed out three corresponding evils, injustice, disease, poverty. Polus, true. Socrates, and which of the evils is the most disgraceful? Is not the most disgraceful of them injustice, and in general the evil of the soul? Polus, by far the most. Socrates, and if the most disgraceful, then also the worst. Polus, what do you mean, Socrates? Socrates, I mean to say, that is most disgraceful has been already admitted to be most painful, or hurtful, or both. Polus, certainly. Socrates, and now injustice and all evil in the soul has been admitted by us to be most disgraceful. Polus, it has been admitted. Socrates, and most disgraceful either because most painful and causing excessive pain, or most hurtful, or both. Polus, certainly. Socrates, and therefore to be unjust and intemperate, and cowardly and ignorant, is more painful than to be poor and sick. Polus, nay, Socrates, the painfulness does not appear to me to follow from your premises. Socrates, then if, as you would argue, not more painful, the evil of the soul is of all evils the most disgraceful, and the excess of disgrace must be caused by some preternatural greatness or extraordinary hurtfulness of the evil. Polus, clearly. Socrates, and that which exceeds most in hurtfulness will be the greatest of evils. Polus, yes. Socrates, then injustice and intemperance, and in general the depravity of the soul, are the greatest of evils. Polus, that is evident. Socrates, now, 
what art is there which delivers us from poverty does not the art of making money polus yes socrates and what art frees us from disease does not the art of medicine polus very true socrates and what from vice and injustice if you are not able to answer at once ask yourself whither we go with the sick and to whom we take them polus to the physicians socrates socrates and to whom do we go with the unjust and intemperate polus to the judges you mean socrates who are to punish them polus yes socrates and do not those who rightly punish others punish them in accordance with a certain rule of justice polus clearly socrates then the art of money-making frees a man from poverty medicine from disease and justice from intemperance and injustice polus that is evident socrates which then is the best of these three polus will you enumerate them socrates money-making medicine and justice polus justice socrates far excels the two others socrates and justice if the best gives the greatest pleasure or advantage or both polus yes socrates but is the being healed a pleasant thing and are those who are being healed pleased polus i think not socrates a useful thing then polus yes socrates yes because the patient is delivered from a great evil and this is the advantage of enduring the pain that you get well polus certainly socrates and would he be the happier man in his bodily condition who is healed or who never was out of health polus clearly he who was never out of health socrates yes for happiness surely does not consist in being delivered from evils but in never having had them polus true socrates and suppose the case of two persons who have some evil in their bodies and that one of them is healed and delivered from evil and another is not healed but retains the evil which of them is the most miserable polus clearly he who is not healed socrates and was not punishment said by us to be a deliverance from the greatest of evils which is vice polus true socrates and justice punishes us and makes us more just and is the medicine of our vice polus true socrates he then has the first place in the scale of happiness who has never had vice in his soul for this has been shown to be the greatest of evils polus clearly socrates and he has the second place who is delivered from vice polus true socrates that is to say he who receives admonition and rebuke and punishment polus yes socrates then he lives worst who having been unjust has no deliverance from injustice polus certainly socrates that is he lives worst who commits the greatest crimes and who being the most unjust of men 
succeeds in escaping rebuke or correction or punishment and this as you say has been accomplished by archelaus and other tyrants and rhetoricians and potentates parentheses compare republic end of parentheses polis true socrates may not their way of proceeding my friend be compared to the conduct of a person who is afflicted with the worst of diseases and yet contrives not to pay the penalty to the physician for his sins against his constitution and will not be cured because like a child he is afraid of the pain of being burned or cut is not that a parallel case polus yes truly socrates he would seem as if he did not know the nature of health and bodily vigour and if we are right polus in our previous conclusions they are in a like case who strive to evade justice which they see to be painful but are blind to the advantage which ensues from it not knowing how far more miserable a companion a diseased soul is than a diseased body a soul i say which is corrupt and unrighteous and unholy and hence they do all that they can to avoid punishment and to avoid being released from the greatest of evils they provide themselves with money and friends and cultivate to the utmost their powers of persuasion but if we paulus are right do you see what follows or shall we draw out the consequences in form paulus if you please socrates is it not a fact that injustice and the doing of injustice is the greatest of evils polus that is quite clear socrates and further that to suffer punishment is the way to be released from this evil polus true socrates and not to suffer is to perpetuate the evil polus yes socrates to do wrong then is second only in the scale of evils but to do wrong and not to be punished is first and greatest of all polus that is true socrates well and was not this the point in dispute my friend you deemed archelaus happy because he was a very great criminal and unpunished i on the other hand maintain that he or any other who like him has done wrong and has not been punished is and ought to be the most miserable of all men and that the doer of injustice is more miserable than the sufferer and he who escapes punishment more miserable than he who suffers was not that what i said polus yes socrates and it has been proved to be true polus certainly socrates well polus but if this is true where is the great use of rhetoric if we admit what has been just now said every man ought in every way to guard himself against doing wrong for he will thereby suffer great evil polus true socrates and if he or any one about whom he cares does wrong he ought of his own accord to go where he will be immediately punished he will run to the judge as he would to the physician 
in order that the disease of injustice may not be rendered chronic and become the incurable cancer of the soul must we not allow this consequence polis if our former admissions are to stand is any other inference consistent with them polis to that socrates there can be but one answer socrates then rhetoric is of no use to us polis in helping a man to excuse his own injustice that of his parents or friends or children or country but may be of use to any one who holds that instead of excusing he ought to accuse himself above all and in the next degree his family or any of his friends who may be doing wrong he should bring to light the iniquity and not conceal it that so the wrongdoer may suffer and be made whole and he should even force himself and others not to shrink but with closed eyes like brave men to let the physician operate with knife or searing iron not regarding the pain in the hope of attaining the good and the honourable let him who has done things worthy of stripes allow himself to be scourged if of bonds to be bound if of a fine to be fined if of exile to be exiled if of death to die himself being the first to accuse himself and his own relations and using rhetoric to this end that his and their unjust actions may be made manifest and that they themselves may be delivered from injustice which is the greatest evil then paulus rhetoric would indeed be useful do you say yes or no to that paulus to me socrates what you are saying appears very strange though probably in agreement with your premises socrates is not this the conclusion if the premises are not disproven polus yes it certainly is socrates and from the opposite point of view if indeed it be our duty to harm another whether an enemy or not i accept the case of self-defence then i have to be upon my guard but if my enemy injures a third person then in every sort of way by word as well as deed i should try to prevent his being punished or appearing before the judge and if he appears i should contrive that he should escape and not suffer punishment if he has stolen a sum of money let him keep what he has stolen and spend it on him and his regardless of religion and justice and if he have done things worthy of death let him not die but rather be immortal in his wickedness or if this is not possible let him at any rate be allowed to live as long as he can for such purposes polis rhetoric may be useful but is of small if of any use to him who is not intending to commit injustice at least there was no such use discovered by us in the previous discussion callicles tell me chirophon is socrates in earnest or is he joking chirophon i should say callicles that he is in most profound earnest but you may well ask him end of part seven
Recording by Kevin Johnson.